What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I'm excited to announce that this week's sponsor is Peanut, an app that helps you meet like-minded women who are trying to conceive. With Life After Miscarriage, I think we all know how important it is to find your tribe. Women who have been through it, women who just get it. As a matter of fact, that's probably why we are all listening to this podcast right now. Peanut is here to introduce you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in their journey. Peanut provides access to a community of women who are there to listen, share information, and offer valuable advice. Whether it's understanding IVF, PCOS, or miscarriage, Peanut is a place to connect with women who understand. Download the app for free today. Head to peanut.app.link slash life after miscarriage or find it on your app store. Now let's get back to today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have September Burton on today's episode. She's with Hawaii Surrogacy. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her, her story, and kind of how she got into what she's doing currently. September, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you like. Hi, Shelly. Thank you so much for having me on. This is, it's always an honor. Um, So yeah, my story is I had a secondary infertility story, and um, I've kind of taken that and made it a lot of my life, I guess, um, the things that I learned from that experience. So basically what happened was, um, you know, I got married at 24 and I had my first baby. We got pregnant pretty quickly um, after the wedding. I had my first baby right after I turned 25 and he just turned 15 actually. Um, So then after that, I got pregnant with my daughter two years later and, um, and then we had a third child and the third pregnancy went a little bit differently from the first two. It was there were just things with my body that were very off in the third pregnancy and it just didn't feel like the first two. So I could tell that something was going awry with my body, but I didn't know yet what was going on and I didn't have the education and the training and the knowledge um, to really do anything about it. So, um, so he was born and uh, when he, his birth was a little bit more difficult than the first two births were. Um, he had shoulder distortion, so he got stuck in the birth canal And then, um, you know, when he did come out of the birth canal, we had to kind of convince him that breathing is a good idea. And so, um, you know, we had to kind of massage his body and work with him for a few minutes um, to get him to decide to take that first breath. But he's, you know, perfectly fine now. He's 11 years old and he's he's a crazy kid. He has a lot of fun. Um, So, but I could just, during that whole pregnancy, like I said, I just knew that something was not quite right. And um, after he was born, I got some pretty intensive vertigo and I ended up getting diagnosed with gallstones and um, some other things. I had a lot of postpartum depression and I just didn't feel like myself anymore. I just didn't feel right. Things were very off. It was, I don't know if having three babies in that short time period was too much for my body or what it was that happened. but, uh, but it, it just didn't feel good. So um, fast forward, their dad actually went to Afghanistan for a year uh, before, I think he left when eight, Nate was about eight months old. 
And, um, and so he left and went to Afghanistan. And when he got back, um, I sort of unintentionally got pregnant again. We weren't necessarily having or planning to have the fourth child, but you know, we ended up getting pregnant and I got that positive pregnancy test. And, you know, as a mom, as a woman, when you see that positive pregnancy test, if it's a welcome pregnancy, then um, it takes you like a half a second to actually get excited about being pregnant again. And so, um, so even though it wasn't planned, it, it, I got excited right away and loved the idea of having a fourth child. And, um, but my body miscarried and uh, we lost that baby. So that actually ended up happening four times right in a row, just kind of back to back where I would get pregnant and then lose the baby pretty quickly. And I went in to see my midwife and um, she, she was fine. She like, I don't complain about her, but um, there wasn't a lot of help. Uh, she basically said, all right, look, this has happened several times now. Um, next time you get pregnant, just come in right away. As soon as you get that positive pregnancy test, come in and we'll give you a shot of progesterone and we'll see if that helps the pregnancy stick. And I thought, I'm, I'm a researcher by nature and I want to know, I want to understand the root cause of things. And so to me, that wasn't good enough. I, I just didn't like the idea of, okay, I'll just come get a shot. Um, I wanted to know why, what was going on. And so, like I said, I had had all of those symptoms and weird things happening with my body anyway. So um, I had been interested in nutrition for a while and I had actually, by this time, I had actually done my nutrition training um, or was in the middle of it. I actually think I was in the middle of it. Um, but I, I got interested in nutrition when I was in the Navy, actually. And so uh, I had been learning and doing a little bit of research here and there. And when I was in college, I was in the dietetic program for a little while. Um, so I knew, you know, some things about nutrition, but not I didn't yet understand how to use food to actually heal the body, to actually right some imbalances and things like that. Um, and so by the time these miscarriages were going on, this was a little over a year that this was happening for, um, I, uh, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I just lost my train of thought for a second there. I was, I had started a business and was working with people on their nutrition. I was doing nutritional consulting and I was working with people on, you know, some of the basic stuff like blood sugar stabilization and blood pressure stabilization and, and weight loss and, you know, just kind of those basic things with nutrition. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm helping these other people write their bodies and balance out their bodies with nutrition, why am I not doing this for myself? And so that was when I really kind of went on a healing journey, trying to figure out what is it that's causing this and what can I do about it? And I, based on the symptoms that I was having and just things that were going on, I came to the conclusion that part of my problem was that I, I had a vitamin A deficiency. And that was based on an odd rash that I would get and, and just a few little things um, that I could see in my body. And so, um, so I figured, okay, if it's a vitamin A deficiency, let me eat some foods that are just jam-packed with vitamin A. And so that's what I did. I ate a lot of goji berries and I ate a lot of um, carrot juice and, you know, things like that. Things that are just have a lot of that stuff in them. So, um, 
so then I got pregnant again, and this time the pregnancy did stick, and uh, I was able to carry her to term, and she's Gracie, and she's almost eight years old now, and she's a little firecracker, um, but uh, really it was, for me, it was about using the nutritional training. And I think one of the things that I struggled with, and I struggled with for a few years even after that happened, was that I didn't allow myself to properly mourn that I had miscarried those babies. Um, I, I kept going forward, and that's what I do. That's just sort of my nature is I just keep going. Um, and so when I'm going through those emotional struggles, it's more about, okay, so what can I do next? Okay, what can I do next? You know, what can I learn now? Um, how can I figure this out? It was a puzzle to solve. And so I didn't go through the emotional mourning process. Um, and then, you know, during that time, I also found lumps in my breasts. And so I had to go in for the mammogram. And, uh, you know, that was obviously emotionally, that was the the bottom that was when I hit rock bottom emotionally was when I found those lumps um, and so so I had to go back later I think and actually mourn the loss of those babies and actually come to terms with yes this was a devastating experience and I pushed forward through this year but it was really I was not okay and I needed some help and I should have I should have gone and seen a therapist. I should have reached out. I should have gotten some emotional support through that time, but I didn't do that. And so that's kind of one of the things that I, I don't know if regret is the right word, but it's more of a, now that I've experienced it from that way and I've seen that and learned that lesson, when I see other women going through things, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, yes, you're an intelligent woman. And yes, I see that you want to figure this out and you want to understand what's going on, but you still, you really need to focus on those emotions too and kind of let yourself um, you know, have that emotional release and have that go through that grieving process, really. Um, so that's a big part, I think, with miscarriages is people on the outside don't necessarily understand what you're going through on the inside. Um, so yeah. Um, so from there, uh, is there, where do you want me to go from there? Um, I would love to know how you, how you got into working with Hawaii surrogacy and like kind of what you do with okay. that too. So I guess, um, going back to when, when I was able to stay pregnant with Gracie, um, I, realized that's when I kind of switched my business over to working with infertility. Um, I realized that, you know, if I could do this for myself and this worked, uh, why am I not helping other people do the same thing? You know, by this time I had watched a lot of girlfriends, a lot of family members, just a lot of people go through infertility and the emotional struggle that it really is. And, um, and I always thought, you know, this just cuts too deep. Like this is just way, way, way too deep for people to have to deal with. And so then I turned my business, my nutrition focus over to infertility. So I've worked with couples for a while there, um, just one-on-one -on -one, working with them on their diet, changing things up and doing that stuff. And uh, so with Hawaii surrogacy, I actually just started, I moved to Hawaii suddenly at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2020. 
And when I got there, um, I had been doing some recruiting for another surrogacy agency. And so when I got to Hawaii, I said, you know, let me just reach out to Hawaii Surrogacy and see if they could use some help. And so I sent the owner of Hawaii Surrogacy an email and I said, um, you know, I'm here and uh, just wanted to see if, if I could do some recruiting for you. And she wrote me back and she said, oh my goodness, I've been looking for a coordinator, a case manager on the island that you're on. And so is that something that you would be interested in? And I wrote her back and I said, yes, absolutely. I would love to be a case manager rather than just a recruiter. Um, and so, so I got on as the case manager for a little while. And then, uh, you know, because of COVID, <laughs> basically everything was just halted for a long time. Um, and so then I had to leave Hawaii unexpectedly, kind of very quickly. And so I, I emailed her and let her know that I had to leave the island and, you know, um, that I wouldn't be able to be, obviously, if I'm not physically there, that I can't be that coordinator. So she wrote me back and she said, well, we've already got your nutrition program up on the website. Why don't we just keep it up there and you just stay on as our health coach? And so that's kind of how that evolved. And so the way that that works is there's on the Hawaii surrogacy website is where you can find my nutrition program. And it's just, it's a six week program. It's completely laid out for you. You know, all of your meal plans, your shopping lists, your recipes, all of that stuff. Um, and if you're a surrogate for Hawaii surrogacy, you actually get to go through the program for free. Um, so that's kind of a little perk that they have for you. But that's, that was the evolution of that. I had created a program called Four Months to Fertile. And Four Months to Fertile was a little bit of a different program. It was much more intensive, much more one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I kind of, I did the six-week plan to be a little bit more hands-off so that I could focus on my family time um, and be with my kids, you know. Uh, so so they, those that's kind of the differences between those two programs, Four Months to Fertile. I, I do still offer it for some people. Um, but it's definitely much more intensive and it's for people who, you know, want a lot more one-on-one um, -on -one individual attention type stuff. Um, and so in 2018, I decided, I was living in Colorado at the time, and uh, and I decided that we needed to start a Colorado fertility conference. And so in 2019, in May of 2019, we held the first Colorado fertility conference, which was wonderful. And kind of the intention for the Colorado fertility conference was, um, I had the opportunity at one point to sit down with an IVF doctor from the Ukraine. And he told me that in the Ukraine, they do things very differently. They kind of have every practitioner under one roof so that it's not referrals going out to a different place, um, to a different establishment like it is here in the States. It's much more about, um, the, you know, they see it as the time is very sensitive. And especially when you're dealing with infertility, like every moment matters. And so they don't want you waiting months and sometimes years to get in to see a different practitioner. So they bring everybody together under one roof. So that was kind of the inspiration for the Colorado Fertility Conference there was to bring all sorts of different practitioners together under one roof on the same day so that couples who are struggling can come and get their questions answered from anybody. Um, whether it's a bereavement doula, you know, if somebody's been experiencing miscarriages and infertility and needs somebody to talk to, um, to, you know, the fertility doctors, the reproductive endocrinologists. We also had a functional medicine doctor there. You know, we had the chiropractors and acupuncturists and nutritionists, and we, we basically just brought everybody together 
under one roof. And I really think that when you're dealing with infertility, um, it should be much more of that sort of a format. Um, I think in, in the States, we have this tendency to kind of compete with each other as businesses. And that's really when you're talking about infertility, I don't think that that's productive. So I would love to see, you know, a much more collaborative approach. Um, and I, I love to teach people that it's really about your intuition. As a woman, as a man, as a couple, you know your bodies and your relationship and what your needs are better than any practitioner out there does. And so I think that we live in this society where we're taught, you know, the person who's wearing the white lab coat knows our bodies better than we do. And the reality is that that's not true. And it's always going to be beneficial for you to just kind of close your eyes, go inside and ask yourself, what is it that I need right now? Do I need to go see a chiropractor? Is something out of alignment in my nervous system? Do I need to go see an acupuncturist? You know, do I need to change my diet? Do I need to do a nutrition plan? Things like that. Um, and so I'm, I'm really into helping people understand the power of their intuition and how much they really know more than they give themselves credit for um, what it is that they need and what it is that's going that's not quite right with their body and preventing them from being able to get pregnant um you know i think one of the things with nutrition is we we have this mindset at least here in the states and i think it's you know a lot of the western world at least um where we think all right you know we're married now and we want to have a baby and so we're going to stop taking birth control and we're going to be pregnant and, you know, it might take a few months, but it'll be fine. And we'll be pregnant in, in three months or so, you know, we'll, we'll be pregnant. We'll be expecting our child. And um, when you look historically at every civilization that has ever existed, they all have fertility diets. Every single one has special foods. They call them sacred foods that they have their couples eat for, you know, six months, sometimes even a year before they're even allowed to marry. Um, and then the moms are kept on these foods while they're breastfeeding. Kids are given these foods while they're growing. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a standard part of their diet. It's just part of what they do. And these foods are, are generally like fermented and high fat and things like that. And it's because that's, those are the foods that really nourish the brain. And we know that as human beings, our survival mechanism is our brain, right? Um, and so when, when these civilizations are really focused on nourishing the brain, that's kind of how you advance civilization and get um, to the next step in civilization. It's how we've gotten to where we are today. Um, and so, so we have this kind of backwards mentality with, I'm just going to stop taking birth control and um, think that everything's going to be fine. Even the word honeymoon comes from being put on a special diet um, before you know you're allowed to marry or right after the wedding for a specific a set period of time, um, and so it's very ingrained in who we are as human beings. But we are so far away from that, and that's why I talk about intuition because when we get back to that, it's just it's really incredibly powerful what can happen. Um, so I think a lot of couples out there right now think that it's almost a punishment to have to change your diet. It's almost like, you know, oh, I've been eating McDonald's for the last 10 years. And so now I have to change my diet and I have to go on this fertility diet. And it's like, let's, let's shift that mindset a little bit. 
and let's start talking about you know the reality of don't giving giving your future baby the best possible building blocks with which to build their body and their brain and um and just starting from that foundation, that place of, I wanna do what is absolutely the best thing for my baby. And when you do that, when you really focus on those things and take care of your body in that way, um, you know, you reduce the risk of complications during the pregnancy, you reduce the risk of complications during the birth, um, and then you also give yourself a better um, recovery. Your body is able to recover more quickly and better than it would be otherwise. And then obviously your baby is gonna be healthier. And again, nourishing the brain is so important. So, um, and, and your brain is made of fat basically. And so when, in, you know, in the eighties, when we were doing all of these high carb, low fat diets, it really kind of messed things up. Um, and so now, you know, there's the keto diet. I don't necessarily like to use the words, the words for the diets just because people have preconceived notions about them or there's false information out there about the types of diets that, that are available and things. And what does it even mean to do a keto diet? You know, there's a lot of conflicting information about what that even means. So, um, so it's not necessarily about doing any specific name of diet. It's more about listening to your body, asking your body, what is it, you know, that you need? and being comfortable with eating fat and very, very healthy fats, things like extra virgin olive oil and unrefined coconut oil and uh, ghee, which is a clarified butter, grass-fed butter is great. So getting comfortable with eating those fats is really very critically important. Um, so yeah. That's honestly, all of that was so interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard the quote. Uh, I love when people that have been through hell walk out of the flames carrying buckets of water for those still consumed by the fire, but that's exactly what you're doing. Um, <laughs> that's a powerful quote. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. And I love when people do that. And I just want to thank you for it. And I want to thank you for sharing your story. I always ask at the end of every episode, um, if you have one piece of advice, and you've honestly, this whole episode's full of advice, but if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation as you going through miscarriages, secondary infertility, what would that be? Um, kind of going back to what I've been saying is be comfortable eating fat and start eating more fat. When you think about, you know, um, when the when an egg gets fertilized and starts to split and the, the cells begin the process of splitting, they split so rapidly in those first few weeks and first few months. Um, it's it's like mind blowing how quickly those cells are splitting off into new cells. And every time that they split, there's vulnerability there. There's uh, uh, opportunities for something to go wrong. And so it's the fats, soluble vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, those kinds of things are the ones that are the protectors of those cells as they're splitting. And so you really want to be very, um, you want your body to have plenty of stores of those fat soluble vitamins so that they can protect those cells as they're splitting in order to you know, help you have the, the highest possibility of carrying that baby to term and also you know, giving that baby the best possible start in life. So getting comfortable eating fat is huge for me. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. And if somebody wants to reach out to you or just kind of find your services, where could they do so? Is the Hawaii Surrogacy website the best? Um, HawaiiSurrogacy.com slash nutrition is where that um, eating plan is available at. And then if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm all over social media as September Burton. Um, I do also talk about domestic violence. So I use, I talk about both infertility, miscarriage, and also domestic violence. So, but I'm all over social media just as September Burton. Um, that's one of the nice things about having kind of a unique name is it's pretty easy to Yeah. Remember. It's such a cool name, too. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, September, and we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Oh,